0: Welcome back designers to a new episode of Inside Marketing Design. I'm Charlie, I'm a marketing designer myself and I've created this series to give an inside look into how marketing design functions at various different tech companies. Something I was curious about and hopefully if you're listening to this, it's because it's something you're curious about too. In today's episode, we're taking a look inside marketing design at Webflow, which is one of my favorite companies. I'm a very passionate Webflow user, have been for years. They've sponsored my YouTube channel before, my own website is built on Webflow. So I was really excited to sit down and talk to Johnny Gomez, who is a senior brand designer at Webflow. Now, if you haven't heard of Webflow before, they are a visual development tool. So they're a tool that you can use to build great looking websites without needing to code. The company has about 170 employees at the moment. They do a lot for being a team of that size, let me tell you. And they're about 70% remote. So Johnny, who I'm speaking to today is based in DC and he's been on the Webflow team for a little over a year. Something that really stood out to me during my chat with Johnny is actually how little we speak about the design process during this interview. There's a lot of talk about um, how design functions within the company and everything else that goes into being a brand or marketing designer and how it's not always being inside a design tool and making a design happen. Johnny was super open in this interview talking about challenges he's facing as a brand designer as well as challenges that the brand studio team themselves are facing. So I think you're really gonna enjoy this. So without further ado, let's dig in and take a look inside marketing design at Webflow. Well, Johnny, welcome to Inside Marketing Design. I'm really excited to have you here. <laughs> Let's start off by talking about the team at Webflow. Um, so, as I mentioned in my introduction, I'm a big fan of the Webflow team in general. I've I've mm-hmm. done some work with them in the past, um, and we've had uh, Ryan, who is the uh, what's his title, the brand design lead, I think, at Webflow.
1: He, um, he's design manager right now. Design
0: manager, okay. On the on the show, uh, my YouTube channel before, but I'm excited to talk to you and get more of like a you know in the weeds, look at how, how design works there. So tell me about the brand design team at Webflow.
1: Yeah, sure. So the brand design, uh, which we call brand studio team, I think it's like six people right now. It's myself. We have Ryan as a manager, and then you have other like four multidisciplinary designers. So we have um, people that work in the brand studio team and they work with other teams externally. So for example, we have one person that is in charge of the whole education content. So they work with the Waffle university and they work uh, for all the, like with the content that's being launched on the, on the YouTube channel. Then we have somebody that's, that's also more uh, focused on social media and works on assets for that and for product launches. Then we have like a person that is in charge of illustrations and, um, branding. And then Camille Esposito and myself, we work as senior brand designers, visual developers. Uh, which means, you know, building stuff in Webflow, pretty much anything that's needed on the marketing side, whether it is, you know, uh, growth experiments, uh, marketing, blog, anything that's being out like communicated externally.
0: Cool. So within the team, there's a few people who have very specific uh, specialties in terms of the like team or like uh, program of work, I guess, that they work on within Webflow. But for mm-hmm. you and this other brand designer, it's a bit more general, where you might step into different things um, and perhaps be at a more like higher level stuff like campaigns and things like that.
1: Exactly, yes, exactly. Yeah.
0: Cool. And where does this Brand Studio team fit within the rest of the company? Like for example, myself as the marketing design lead at ConvertKit, I sit within the marketing team. So my manager is the director of marketing. But what's it like for you?
1: Uh, brand Studio, sits in the same table as product designers okay
0: so it's Um, like a a design team
1: yeah and and we're trying to you know to collaborate more and more we i work in a company uh such as webflow that has uh their product and their marketing which is uh very different and we're trying to kind of like get those closer together um so that brand can communicate more in the product and and vice versa since we have like two different style guides, two different, uh, you know, gu- guidelines, different colors, different fonts. So we're trying to to have a more consistent uh, communication within the product and within um, the marketing sites. So we're trying to talk more and collaborate more with the product designers. However, you know, marketing being kind of like our, so like our, our main uh, fuel to you know to start new projects and have new projects, we're also constantly talking to marketing, mm-hmm. knowing that there's a lot of the marketing aspects that we really, I don't know if it's we don't really care about, but we we're not really focusing on on those.
0: And what is the main like method of marketing for Webflow? I'm gonna guess that it's digital and that a lot of your time is spent building like web pages and things like that. But is there anything else you can tell me about the approach Webflow takes to marketing?
1: Yeah, so uh, what I find really interesting about it that I haven't really seen a lot of companies put a lot of focus on this is Lifecycle. Um, yeah,
0: tell me, what, what is Lifecycle?
1: So Lifecycle is pretty much the, the customer experience post acquisition. Okay. So it's like the lifespan or the life cycle do the different stages of the user, whether it is like, you know, like a, a new onboarding person. Or if it is like an experienced uh, designer that uh, design lead for a multi uh, national like a, <laughs> a, a multinational agency or something like that, so it's um, serving the customer pretty much in the most appropriate way at that stage of their of their cycle.
0: Um, right. So it's like stepping. That- a bit further than onboarding, which is something that, like, I've been a part of at ConvertKit because it's talking about not only you getting to know the product, but how you use it throughout the whole time that you're a user.
1: Exactly. And, you know, you're not supposed to communicate the same way with with a beginner user that doesn't, like, doesn't have any knowledge on HTML and CSS, the same way that you would communicate with, you know, a power user that has been using Webflow for, I don't know, five years.
0: Right, right. Yeah, and so what sort of work do you end up doing um, marketing to people who are later in the life cycle? What, what what sort of things come in there?
1: Yeah, so a lot of it it comes from content, and I do think that content is you know it's people should design and con uh, based on content, and content mm-hmm. should lead pretty much any any sort of process. Um, so a lot of it comes from there. Then there are things like you know like when you're communicating for different targets, considering Webflow has like a market for freelancers, a market for for business owners. Right. Uh, a market for ag- agencies and and marketing teams um there's a, a a specific way to talk to each and every one of, of those markets whether it comes from like h- how many technical words you use and your language to what sort of assets you use um you know maybe sometimes showing the ui and the, like the webflow ui might be a bit overwhelming for somebody mm-hmm. that's just starting um and perhaps uh, you want to go for some sort of like illustration, or maybe just make something that's only like uh, you know content like copy, copy, and just uh, well divided hierarchies. I'm a big fan of like minimal design, and uh, I I love to work with only type. Uh, <laughs> and of course, like you know, if there's more things to to be included, I I, I obviously will. But I love to create um, a nice flow using different hierarchies and different colors and uh, different font sizes. So basically, um, the teams would come to us, we would kind of like debrief what their needs are and, and work on a brief, uh, we would scope out the work and, uh, you know, we would, we jump into project management tools like Asana and just like, uh, just trying to keep um, everything more organized and more transparent for us and for external stakeholders that might want to just like jump in and see, you know, what the status is and, and how, how things are are going
0: yeah so when you say external stakeholders in this um case you're meaning people outside the brand studio team or are you meaning people exactly. outside of webflow
1: outside of exactly webflow. it's it's usually people outside of the brand studio team that mm-hmm. um sometimes have you know they do have feedback sometimes they only just want to check and see how everything is doing and sometimes you know they they're just like the 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 final stage of somebody saying like hey uh this is awesome let's launch this tomorrow or I don't know, like next yep. week for example. Like
0: giving the approval, yeah. Let's get into talking about a project at Webflow. So you said that usually it comes, that Ryan is the one who decides like who's gonna work on what and sort of manages that stream of work. Do briefs normally come from, well yeah, where do briefs come from in the team?
1: So briefs usually come from Ryan, mm-hmm. uh, Ryan Morrison. We started working on, on the briefs as a brand studio team. Yep. Um, So that we can set expectations for the other teams we started with a very let's say like lenient um brief with no specific dates no turnarounds nothing too specific for and, and then ryan you know we talked within the team to see how that goes if everything's approachable if you know what dates sound good uh then we would include like the um the main stakeholders in that project to see like does this work for you what do you think of this any comments and um once pretty much that is set we try to open a uh, either a slack channel so that you know we're all up to date mm-hmm. sometimes we even have like two slack channels for one for one project which is the one is like for the people that are going to be talking pretty much on a daily basis if not like okay. on an hourly basis and then we have another one that's more like a general where we would have like maybe somebody from the executive team somebody from like from a, a, a higher hierarchy just updates to things. Ex- exactly yeah, yeah. Ju- just for 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 updates um, then we also kind of like create, um, a new project in Asana. We like to be as specific as possible. Like we have like tasks with subtasks, such as, um, I don't know, like check headings. And right. Oh, so, very
0: specific. Yep. Yep. Yep.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, you know, like it, it's kind of like our checklist and like, like and also works as like a, as a prelaunch, um, checklist. And it's also like a really good way to organize, you know, who was in charge of what. Mm-hmm. I feel like Asana is one of those tools, like you know, it only works if everybody uses it. And once yeah. everybody's using it, you know, it it just turns like for me, Asana is pre- pretty much the first thing I see every day and the last thing I see every day because right. I, I, I I love to get organized in the morning and I love to know what I have on my plate for the next day.
0: Yeah, I feel the same way about Basecamp, which is what we use at ConvertKit. That. It's mm-hmm. a great tool, but it really only works if everyone is in it and like you know using it in a similar way. Yeah. Okay. So who is the one who like say for example like the launch of a new feature? Who mm-hmm. decides how you're going to market a new feature, and what work the brand design team needs to do about that?
1: Yeah. So we would have a, a product uh, marketing management. Yep. They would kind of like approach us. Mm-hmm. With like, okay, so this is what's going what's going on. This is what's going to be launched. And this is everything that we need. Cool. Those meetings are usually with people, you know, somebody from community who's going to be in charge of like uh, publishing this or, or the launch in social media. Then you have maybe somebody from engineer. Uh, so it gets to the point that our meetings start to get like very diverse. You know, we got meetings that we have somebody from each theme that's going to be part of this. Um... And uh, we kind of do like a kind of like a, a debrief of like, okay, so this is the problem we're addressing. This is what we're, uh, what we're trying to do here. And then we get very accountable of like, okay, so you are going to be charged of this. Okay. And it's, it's like, it's not, we're not looking like for a verbal confirmation, but just, just to, to know that everybody knows what they're supposed to do. Uh, and everybody's on track with, with what's going to happen. And, and in that meeting, we're like, uh, you know, everybody knows what's expected from each other. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows how things are going to go. And um, it's also a, a nice way to, you know, like, if you want to see, like, okay, so I need to know something about the engineering process. Who can I contact? And so right. it's just, like, going through everybody in the team or just going to their Slack channel. Like, hey, who's in charge of this? You know exactly, you know, who is going to be in charge of
0: this. Yeah. Yeah, so there's, like, one representative from each team that's going to be part of a project and is, like, the go-to person for that. Exactly. So can, and and yeah.
1: sometimes sometimes I don't, like, I don't need to like I feel more comfortable maybe just like DMing that person and just like hey heads up this is done let me know what you think instead of just like putting it in the group for everybody cuz yeah, maybe yeah. I don't I, I don't need feedback right now from everybody yeah. uh, I need feedback specifically from this person mm-hmm. so it's you know it's 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 a good way to to let people know what you're working on and keeping them up, updated of up the progress
0: yeah and the fact that you have the separate slack channels as well per project means that you're not overloading the main channels with everything that's going on. And that if people are interested in that project, they can go in there and uh, keep up to date with it.
1: Yeah. And also like, it's, it's very difficult, you know, for like when the company gets, uh, to this point, like to have every team using the same app, using like everybody using Asana, for example, it's kind of like unrealistic because like not every team, uh, prefers asana you know maybe other tools are, are are more efficient for for other teams and that's totally uh, understandable so when it gets to the point that you're like talking with somebody from another team and you want to you know you can't just like share like an, an asana uh, task like hey what do you think of this we usually keep an asana uh, like a project board and then we usually have like a paper doc or a Google doc that we can just like also download all the information there besides right. you know like the chit, the, the chit chat from the from slack channels
0: yeah cool so that's uh you might have a document that's the overall project plan for everyone in the company to see, but as a brand studio, you use Asana for the nitty gritty and all of the details of a project. Exactly. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. Cool. Um, so during the design process for something brand design related at Webflow, what tools do you use for design? Do you jump straight into Webflow to design something?
1: Um, I'm gonna say no but it's, okay. it's not a hundred percent of the times okay um, fair enough yes because yeah. some, sometimes you know <laughs> I have just like some sort of inspiration streak and just like wait I'm like I don't know in bed like wait and when it comes to webflow you sort of have this like similar maybe uh, branch as encoding that sometimes like you figure out how to solve an issue while you're doing something else for example you're in bed and then and then I should sort of think oh wait but what if if I use Flexbox Vertical and then I center it, and then I just like, I jump into Webflow and I just, you know, like start experimenting there. Usually uh, it's uh, pen and paper. Um, I that That's like my my to-go thing. Uh, it's easy, it's fast. If I, you know, if I ha- make a mistake or something, I'll just go to the next page. I'll do like really, like very rough drafts uh, just to have like a, a clear layout, uh, a clear structure. Um, I kind of like point things with arrows, like this would be for this thing, or I would use an animation here, and that's that would be pretty much for myself, or mm-hmm. perhaps myself and Ryan.
0: Yep. Um, to discuss the ideas before you move forward to the next phase.
1: Yeah. Ex- exactly. And cool. you know, once once we talk about it, then I'm probably gonna jump into Figma and start doing some higher fidelity, but still not 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 high fidelity, just higher than you know, just Depending a better. rough. Uh, yeah. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> and there is where we include other you know other people to give feedback on before we actually jump to to design and then you know when i jump to design when i have like i usually work in figma with a couple pages and i'm a designer that works on artboards and then let's say like i i think of like a couple of ways of work on working on this component so I kind of like duplicate that component along. I like, do the side exact same side. thing. Yep. And, that, and then I have like I then it gets the point that I'm like kind of like stitching things
0: like yep. you know, together. Yep. Like this so part from st- Artboard four and this part from Artboard six. Yep. Yeah.
1: <laughs> exactly. So that little like Frankenstein will go to my to my new page, mm-hmm. uh, which is usually kind of like the final page for uh, people to go in in Figma and comment there, Um, people that are not designers to just like go there. And, you know, Figma has opened uh, the collaboration in a huge way. And we love to use it, you know, with people that feel comfortable with it, um, they can jump there. If not, we will just use uh, Dropbox paper, just to track everything, just to not mark, you know, comments as resolved. And just so people that don't even have Figma installed in the computers or, or are not willing to use it in, in, their, in their browsers, they can just jump into a Dropbox paper and just comment there.
0: Right, so you're like really flexible with how you receive feedback and you're wanting to make sure that however the person that you need feedback from, um, that they're comfortable giving that, that makes sense. How much autonomy or creativity, I suppose, can you have in the design process of things? Is there a very strict design system for the Webflow site or, yeah, tell me about that.
1: Yeah, so we, we have full ownership of our work. And I, there's that, that's something that I love about, you know, designing a flow. Um, of course, you know, eventually I'll reach out to, to Ryan and like, Hey, like yay or nay, pretty much. But over this year, I've learned how to ask, uh, for feedback for specific things. You know, it's not just like, Hey, what do you think of this? It's more like, uh, and that goes together with, uh, some kind of like design crit, like crit meetings that we have on Wednesdays that we only talk about you know about feedback, like, hey, okay, so this is my project. I want to know what do you think of the footer and I want to know of what do you, like if you think that the structure is like clear and it's like you know it's easy like it's it's user friendly. It's a good way to, to to have it that way. So at the end, I know that ryan is is the one that that decides, and then of course you know if there's any like external stakeholder that has like a, a strong um, let's say like influence in, in, in the decision, then of course yes they they will comment. Um, but as far as, as designing goes, I have full ownership of everything. And, um, yes, I did work on guidelines and kind of like style guides to set in place. Most of them are like time savers. Um, yeah. I have like a component sticker sheet in webflow that I can start from that. We have our kind of like a, an internal uh, guideline of what we should and should not do, which kind of goes, you know, like for brand. For components, and also, there's also a big part of voice and tone and uh, how we should communicate, how our um, call to actions should be, how we use our commas, how we use our punctuations. Um, very specific. How, <laughs> very specific, yeah.
0: We talked before about content and how you said you should always be designing like to the content. Where does content come from for a web page for you? Uh, like who's deciding what needs to be said about a feature for for a new page for example
1: yeah so i love to at least try my best at copy cool um i i'm not a big fan of lorem ipsum i don't Same. Really use it yep. i feel like it's it's not useful it's just you know it's just a block like a blob of text and yep. that's pretty much the only thing Exactly. And it's hard for people to critique
0: um, the structure of the page and if it's clear if they don't know what's being talked about where, as well.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So, so what what I do with a, a couple of product marketing managers is they kind of like do they what their wireframe of copy. So, um, you know, they might have like huge paragraphs, and it's really up to me on how I want to to show that. Like do. Maybe I see a paragraph and I'm like, okay, this is just like way too much copy, or it's just going to be a huge block of text. So I'm going to break this in maybe like three different parts and maybe uh, emphasize a couple words and maybe have some headlines for this. So I do have that, that kind of like leeway.
0: I love that you have that autonomy with the copy. Is that something that you've had it throughout your career? Because for me, I have that now at ConvertKit, but I haven't had it always. And I feel like my designs have been much improved since I've been able to have input on the copy myself. I'm just wondering if you feel the same. <laughs>
1: Yeah. So, um, you know, at least it gives you that opportunity to just like go for something and maybe that will spark an idea on whoever, whoever is actually checking this. I've used lower Mipsum for a long time, but it's just, it, it, I always got to the point that I was always changing designs. Um, I was, I was getting to the point that things were never working out the same way that like in, from my designs to when it was implemented. I'm a multidisciplinary designer. I'm kind of like a generalist, mm-hmm. and trying to get more more specific as as I'm growing. And um, now I'm feeling like I have like a uh, like a, a strong skill stack. But I want I'm trying to go to get out of my comfort zone. I'm trying mm-hmm. to uh, public speak. That's like my main thing, and it, it's it's mainly communication. Whether it is public speaking, whether it is documenting or whether it is proposing copy and, you know, maybe seeing some things that I proposed live there in the Webflow site, yeah, it just, it, it feels good.
0: Yeah, totally, I love that. What well, is that then what you're trying to get more specific on is, um, you know, having the communication skills as part of what you offer as a designer?
1: At- Every designer, I feel, should be able to write their own copy, at least propose their own copy and then, uh, you know, have other people weigh in it if if it's if it's, you know, good to launch or not or tweak it a bit. But I feel like every designer should uh, like eventually should learn how to write a a copy and documenting. Yeah. Also, another huge thing that I think that every designer uh, should thrive for.
0: Yeah, I love that. I think that's especially important in a remote company as well. You know, documentation and communication, like written communication, is vital for getting work done on a remote team.
1: It's the pretty much the only way to scale up too. You know, like yeah. like the more people join your company, the more need there is for a guideline or for a manual or for something that's mm-hmm. in there in place for new onboarding people to just like, okay, so how do we do this? Like, here you go. Here's the the paper doc or here's yeah. the Google doc or here. Personally, I had experience of like doing the same task over and over again in Webflow. And I thought like, you know, if I document this and I, and I get really specific on the documentation, I can open up the game for anybody to do this task. I don't need to be doing this task by myself every single time. And, you know, it's gonna it's gonna take a while to oil, to oil that up and have that ready. But once you have it, you know, it's just, you just saved yourself some time and you just saved some time, you know, for other people in the company.
0: Yeah, I love that you're thinking about that stuff too. Um, Okay, let's say a project is finished at Webflow and it's out there. How do you judge if it was successful or not?
1: We have a couple of ways, um, some being more qualitative, the other one, the other is being more about like efficiency, about like um, perhaps even like working on soft skills. So we use tools like Segment, uh, Mixpanel, integrated with Google Analytics. um, And, you know, a big part of, the final result is numbers and data mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, I, and i totally understand that data does move uh, you know it does keep the the wheels uh rolling however since we have a lot of different teams here and sometimes it's like it's like how do you um relate a one percent increase to what team on right what did what? yeah yeah you know, it's yeah so so we what we usually do is we have some retro some retro sessions, like some retrospectives, mm-hmm. um, that at the end of every project and usually like maybe like a, the, the week after that, uh, we all get together. We all talk as a group of, on, on what, what worked, what maybe didn't work. Um, and at, at least for myself, I try to be as specific as possible. Like, uh, I try to address the situations as much as I can, considering that, you know, it's this thing is like, uh, when something is like a failure try to change it into an opportunity yeah um, i love that for for next, like for the next project so yeah. you talked about what didn't what didn't work well and then okay what can we change for next time and then once we address those things like okay um any new things that we can do from now on to you know to not have this issue i i, I hope that you know eventually uh It's like you are oiling it up and oiling it and oiling Mm -hmm. it and oiling it to eventually, you know, make this as efficient as possible and people know what's expected from them. Um, It's just a a really nice way to see, to be self-accountable for something Mm -hmm. that you might have, you know, might do better in the future and to just see opportunities where you could just like chip in to, you know, to make the the final outcome uh, better.
0: So it sounds like you asked the brand studio team do pay close attention to the data yourselves um, about how how something performed and you are checking that. Do you have metrics like when you launch a project, are you trying to like increase the conversion rate by X percent or something? Is that sometimes there in the beginning phase too?
1: Yes, so that's how we work with uh, lifecycle and Mm -hmm. with growth. A lot of it is, you know, uh, we used to have some maybe testing before now we're kind of like implementing our own tool to see how that
0: works. Yep.
1: which is also basically like A B C D E or as many mm-hmm. as many uh, variables as we can, and you know I'm I'm just now getting into kind of like the growth world and seeing how smaller percentages make a huge change. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, <laughs> when you talk about a one percent, you're like one percent. That's nothing. And then one percent, you know, it's a meaningful change. People should be celebrating maybe one percent.
0: Yeah, agreed. Um, completely. Tell me more about this testing. How is that working? And are you coming up with ideas of things to test?
1: Actually, the growth team opened up the game to anybody that wants to propose an idea. So like, hey, what if we have more call to actions in the homepage? Like, okay, so it, we have already like an Asana uh, project uh, built on built for this, where we have like a spreadsheet that is like, like a, uh, an experiment creator where you just like fill in the blanks and scripts are created. And um, this all goes to Asana and everything is like very integrated in a way that it's just like super easy for me to just like copy and paste a, a couple of scripts on the designer and then creating different divs or different uh, elements that are going to be showing or not. Okay. And uh, that impacts directly on like, okay, so how many people actually clicked on this? How many people actually clicked on that? Um, so it's, uh, you know, when we have, when you have a tool that is uh, aimed for, many different types of job roles, it's good to have the possibility to, uh, to communicate differently,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which, which, which goes in hand with what I talked about the, the life cycle. Yeah. What, what I'm, I'm for is like to talk the best possible way and the most efficient way to our different um, markets. And, you know, it, it might get to the point where it's just like changing copy. It might get to the point where it's like, what if we have a dark version of the home? I don't know. Let's see how it goes. There isn't really a limit. And we're just like starting with, with our own internal thing. So um, that's exciting. It's, it's kind of like, a, yeah, it's good to know your impact. It's good to know, mm. like, you know, how you're actually changing the same way that, you know, when I was onboarding on growth, I was like, what if you do something and, you know, sales just go to zero percent or, you know, you have the power to run an experiment and the experiment is like really bad. Mm-hmm. And maybe you're you're like I, I, I don't feel comfortable talking about like numbers because I have no idea, but like what if you know I do a change and like we are losing millions of dollars? Right, right. And you're like, like <laughs> that was only an experiment. like you know it just it, put it back just the way it was.
0: Yep, it's um, high stakes, isn't it?
1: <laughs> at high stakes, yeah, but uh, the, the positive side of that is is you know it's really really uh, rewarding.
0: Yeah, when when it does work out, and even if it doesn't, you've learned. Now you know not You'll to do that for next long time. Long yeah, cool. Exactly. All right. We talked about performance of projects. What about your performance as the brand designer on the team? How is that handled internally at Webflow? Um, yeah, how is your performance measured?
1: Yeah, so uh, we have uh, TDCs uh, as a as a, a short is uh, a team development cycles. Okay. It consists of view first. Um, looking for peers that you want to be reviewed from so mm-hmm. um and, and then obviously those people also look for you know, who's going to review them so you end up basically having to review let's say six uh, around six people from different teams yep and uh you also have like kind of like a self uh assessment and then uh your manager also uh like in my case ryan he will give me some like feedback uh, on how i've been working lately and it can go it can get more like to a personal level There's some things that you know like i'm totally vulnerable and like an open book with with ryan Um, so uh whenever you know i'm not feeling well i will let him know i appreciate you know uh honesty and and having this like you know i feel really comfortable where i work and i feel really kind of like at home um so i you know i I'm not afraid to, you know, just speak up my mind to, to Ryan. And um, I I love having that, like, complicity um, with him.
0: Yeah, that's great. Um,
1: for, for my peers, sometimes what I usually do, like, I, I know people that are really grateful for what I do. And they're like, I don't know, I, I would probably not reach out to those people to get a review. Because you I, don't just want to hear n- the
0: positive feedback.
1: <laughs> I don't want to. Yeah, it, it's not about, like, getting, like, cocky or anything. But yeah, I, yeah. I don't want a, a feedback that's gonna be like, Johnny's amazing, he's so fast. Uh, I, I, I want some more like solid info. Yeah, of, things
0: like, to things work that on. that I can work on. Yeah.
1: Exactly, yeah. So, you know, it's always great to, to have like, you know, awesome words about you and you're like, oh, thank you. Like, I, 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 I it makes me feel proud and it's kind of like, you know, my like little endorphin booster. That, yeah. That, um, but um, I try to reach out for people who are maybe like, not tension, but maybe, you know, we had a couple of like bumps Along the way, and then you know we we went over them and you know project went out very smooth and um, but I just I'd like to know how I can be better how how I can be a, like a better uh partner for you mm. uh how how I can be my best self and by saying that it's like how the brand studio can you know can work uh more efficiently with you you being community or events or uh i don't know maybe like a side project that started a kind of like a ten percent project and then, and then ended up being you know like a uh, something public and being launched uh, right. live.
0: So it sounds like you're really seeking out that um, like positive critique, like constructive critique that's what I'm looking for.
1: yeah and 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 usually those feedbacks are like something good, something bad. and you know webflow has like pushes really really strong for uh, their core behaviors, uh, which is like pretty much how we embody webflow, how we act, how we talk. A lot of it is based on that too. A lot of the feedback is like uh, what uh, core behavior do you think johnny embodies the most uh what core behavior do you think he could work on for the next uh uh, um, review it's a good way to just like kind of like set objectives for myself Mm. uh for the next time so it's like for example to get kind of specific it's like i i love to work fast and i'm i consider myself like a fast worker um and People appreciate that. But sometimes I work too fast. Okay. Kind of like leaving people along the way or like not communicating and keeping people updated the way I should. So maybe I do it like a couple of extra steps and then I have to do a couple of steps back Mm -hmm. to, and, and then continue, which, you know, working fast is good, but it's not always the best way to work. Right. And it's something that, you know, like, it's like, I technically know it, but then I only realize it and process it when I read it from someone mm-hmm. and like, you know what? Actually, yeah, maybe I, I should just like, try to be more you know, more inclusive when I work, um, when it comes like to speed, of course.
0: Yeah, so that's something that you're working on now um, and like an area of growth for you then. What about, um... For the brand design team or you know brand studio team at Webflow, what are some challenges that you're working through at the moment, or like the next things your areas of improvement that you're looking looking to work in?
1: Yeah, so a lot of it, and I think that this would uh, be the answer for uh, growing startups and growing teams is processes, mm-hmm. is having processes being respected. The same way that I talked to you that 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 I said about like DMs, like. Sometimes a DM is easier, but it's not the process that we should, that we should be following. So if somebody tells me like, um, Hey, there's a typo in this page. Can you fix it? And I can, like, I would usually jump in and do it. And that'd be fixed in like, I don't know, two minutes, uh, because workflow. Um, but, (laughs) but, um, is that the best way to actually approach it? Uh, should we maybe like document what changes are being held, and then I then like I'm like, should I ask this person to create a task in Asana for maybe like change uh, I don't know ball to bell, and it's just like one letter. Like somebody somebody might take more time actually creating a task,
0: right? Then actually than actually just doing
1: me, the change. Yeah. Than, than me actually fixing it, mm-hmm. or maybe like even like. I somebody comes up like he, somebody reaches out to me about changing something and then I tell them like okay can you create a task I'm like uh yeah sure I'll do that uh tomorrow. Right. And I'm like I can just you know if you do it now I can do it now. Um but but then again I like you know like we have to trust the process like I don't want to be that person I'm telling you, telling you every single time like hey can we can, can you create a task for this? But in the end it's just you know everything's documented. Everybody knows who worked on, on what change. Everybody knows what change was corrected at what time. So it's, you know, it's better for everybody.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So our challenges right now is trying to be the best partner for every other team and still be able to, you know, respect processes and um, having the, a, clear, a clear way of, of communication, like a clear channel of communication within teams so that people know what they can expect from us and uh, people know how how we work, and it sounds simple, but you know it, it takes it takes a while to actually have things working the right way for several teams. Considering that the right way for us might not be the right way for uh, another team, so it's like getting used to that and just like adapting to how they want to 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 work. For for, for me, like I I want to make Ryan's job easier since he's my manager, and whenever I work with somebody, I want to work I want to make their job easier. Uh, however I can.
0: That's been something that we've been going through at Convocate as well. I think it's just a company growing, you know? And where it used to be just a couple of people talking to each other and now there's like, you know, dozens that need to be kept up to date and you just gotta get better with um, documentation and and processes and things for sure. What about the impact of the brand design team within the company? Like, um, it sounds like at Webflow, it's pretty dang important.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so um, as I said before, the brand studio team has full ownership. Yeah. Um, when I joined WeFlow, uh, something that would come out of my mouth uh, a couple times would have been, uh, "Do we want to show this to Vlad or Brian, like, or anybody in the executive team?" Yeah. And Ryan would say, like, "No, just you know, <laughs> let's see, like, let's actually get to that point maybe at the end, you know, um, but not, not right now. Like, it's up to us to to work on this and you know, find the best solution for for this." Yeah. And then maybe at the end they will say like, yes, this is awesome, but there's no need to actually you know um, include them at that at that stage of, of the Yeah, of
0: the and process. get their feedback midway. Yeah, sounds like you're very trusted um, and you obviously do great work. So that's really cool.
1: Thank you. When I think about Webflow and I think about what the brand Webflow is, it's way more than its colors, it's way more than its logo, it's way more than, than the product. Uh, I feel like it's the combination of first, the people that are part of the team, um, everywhere like when i have meetups here in dc or when i where i'm doing like portfolio reviews and i mention that i'm a webflow you know people just they were like oh yeah awesome webflow and i'll be like woohoo webflow and you know i i've I've been in meetings where somebody said like i work at x company it's like a huge company and it was like cool and then i say webflow and and it's like oh awesome yeah we love webflow and it's like wow like you know i you know that says a lot about either the product or just like Webflow, like in general.
0: Absolutely. And besides
1: that, you know, the, the customer support team are some of the nicest people I've ever met. Our, our CEO is one of the most like uh, outspoken people and, you know, more like I've never shared a vision more than, with anybody pretty much than what I should share with, with, with Vlad. Um, and just, you know, the product itself and just like the, the, the our efforts on democratizing uh, web development, for anybody to create a website is just like, I, I feel like the brand is way more than, than Brand Studio. Uh, I can do, and we can do as much as we can from our side and make it you know as um, pretty as possible. <laughs> but our brand is so much more than, than what we produce.
0: I love that, Johnny. I feel like that is a perfect point to end on. Like you just summed up how I feel about the Webflow brand as someone who has that reaction when I meet someone who works at Webflow. And it, yeah, it's all of those things. It's not just the product, it's the people, it's the company and, and all the things. So thank you for sharing with us um, how, how it all works there. So Johnny, where can people go to find out more about you um, online or where, where can people connect with you?
1: So uh, you can find me on Twitter at Um A lot of people write Johnny in very different ways, uh, <laughs> just in case it's J-O-H-N-N-I-E. You can also, uh, Check my profile on Webflow, which is webflow.com slash it's Johnny. Johnny's spelled the same way. Uh, all my projects are, are all clonable. They're all open for anybody to just clone and start working or just see how things are, are, are going. I'm also open for portfolio reviews or just, you know, like any sort of like career advice or any sort of like, you know, just geek about design. Just I'm I'm very friendly. So <laughs> feel free to reach out to me on Twitter and we can just get that going
0: I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people interested at in that I get asked for to do portfolio review videos all the time um, so there we go people contact Johnny and he'll he'll give you some feedback Awesome Thanks for being here Johnny
1: Thank you very much for having me here Charlie It's been a pleasure.
0: Thanks for listening, everyone. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the world to me if you wanted to head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review for it. That really helps us get the show out there. This is a show that, in case you didn't know, is available in both video and audio form. You can watch the videos on my YouTube channel, Charlie Marie TV, and subscribe there to be notified whenever a new one goes live. Or you can find the audio version as a podcast in whichever podcasting app you use. Just search for Inside Marketing Design. I'd love to hear what parts of this episode stood out to you. What takeaways did you have from this conversation with Johnny? What was interesting to you? You can tweet them to me at Charlie Prangley or tag me on Instagram under the same handle. I'd love to hear about it. Thanks again for listening and I'll see you in the next episode. Bye.